The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hello, family. Welcome to another episode of the Minding My Black Business podcast. And it is I, Dr. Janae Taylor. Dr. T. Nene is me, your host. And on today's episode, we had such a very special guest. Um, Her name is Tora Carter. And Tora is an editorial photographer. She's a writer. She's from Boston, Massachusetts. She's also a visual branding expert. And she helps creatives grow their business, their brand, and influence online through photography. Um, So what I enjoyed most about this conversation is the ways in which Tora was so open and vulnerable about her experiences uh, with mental illness. Um, And she speaks about that in terms of the strategies and tools she's learned, the kind of the pain points and then how that even has changed the way she does things as an entrepreneur. Um, So let me be clear that Tora has like over a decade of industry experience. She's been able to create content for Essence, um, Black Enterprise, um, the Virginia Pilot, Nissan, Norfolk State University, the World Natural Hair Show. Um, So she is, she's a big deal. And so this was quite the conversation, so very timely. Um, And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Take a listen. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. So welcome family to another episode of the Minding My Black Business podcast. And you've heard me say this before. I'm really excited about today's show. But I really am. I really am about <laughs> excited about today's show and about today's guest. Um, we have been digitally and physically supporting each other um, and in our businesses and our missions. And I'm so excited to finally have her on the show. So welcome, Tora Carter, to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I just want to start really quick by saying um, this is a moment that has been manifested. I have sat in my car so many times and restarted the podcast. I know I'm not the only one that blasts, puts it on blast, leans your seat back a little bit, and drives on one hand when it plays because that intro music is something else. I appreciate that. And I do, I frankly enjoy the intro music myself. I um, I feel like that's one of the best parts of the show. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy it. So I'm, glad, I'm glad to know that you enjoy it as well. Um, so Tori, can you introduce yourself to the family and then let them know where they can, where they can find you? Yeah, so my name is Tori Carter and I'm an editorial photographer and writer and I help creatives and entrepreneurs for their business brand and influence online with photography. Um, I've been in the industry since 2007. Um, So I've been doing this for a while right now. Um, And right now I'm taking a little pivot um, where I feel like I have to do things I don't want to do. And that's talk about mental health. You know, I've been trying to avoid talking about this subject and waiting for someone else to do it. But I feel like um, this is, you know, a topic where people aren't really sharing their experiences. Um, 
and I am ready to stop pretending and to be completely honest um, because I'm showing people how to take pictures, but there's a whole mindset aspect that people have to overcome till we can even start by, you know, taking pictures. That's real. That's real. Yeah. And I know we talked a little bit earlier about the process of taking pictures. Well, first of all, let me say, I'm not a photographer. I've been on the other side of the camera. <laughs> but as someone who does not like taking pictures, that um, I'm sure there's kind of like this dance that has to happen between the photographer and the subject um, to to make sure that there's some quality content that comes out of that. And so for you, when you say the mindset, um, what does that mean? So for me, mindset incorporates what you say to yourself, what you say to others, what you think about. There's so many things that's incorporated. So when I have, you know, like I always say, people don't hire me to take pictures. People hire me to solve problems. Um, the biggest hurdle a lot of people have is just getting in front of the camera. And I am a good photographer because I hate taking pictures. I don't like getting my picture taken. I'm very awkward. I don't know how to stand. Um, so for me as a photographer, I'm able to allow people to feel comfortable in front of the camera. My big thing is I want you to look at yourself different after our photo shoot. So during the photo shoot, we work on different ways to create new neural pathways so when the session is over, not only do you feel different about yourself, but my ultimate goal is to be able to create, when you look at your pictures after the photo shoots, for you to be able to get that instant dopamine hit just from looking at the pictures, for you to look at them and remember the experience being there. You know, if you took family portraits, I want you to remember, you know, how old your kid was or that one thing you never want to forget if you are you know, um, an entrepreneur or creative, we focus on where those pictures are going to be. So during your session, as you're taking pictures, we breathe. Breathing is so important. <laughs> you know, when you have those uncomfortable pictures, it's usually because you're holding your breath. Um, but we talk through the session of, I want you to, for my first thought is, what are you thinking? I just like to know, I'm nosy. I'm like, who are you thinking about? <laughs> but it's usually something that has nothing to do with what they should be thinking about. So it's redirecting their thoughts to be positive, um, to create, you know, positive affirmations while we're doing the photo shoot, um, to visualize where these pictures will be. I tell them to say, like, what magazine cover is this going to be? What is the title of the article where we're going to use these pictures? Um, is this going to be on their website? Is this going to be in the print publication? Is this going to be printed in a book? Um, so I want you to visualize that during the session. So we have a, a session, um, you know, just a little consultation before we have a photo shoot where we just discuss what the ultimate goal is because you can go and saying, oh, I just need new headshots. But it's like, you also need your author pictures because your headshots are gonna be different than the one on the back of your book. You need pictures for your website, you need pictures for your social media. Um, you, you need a cute picture for 
you know, your Tinder profile, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, everything is incorporated. And on top of all that, then you need pictures for the potential stuff where you're manifesting, where you're like, okay, I want to do a collaboration, you know, even if we're like, if we're, you're like, I want to do a collaboration with Dr. Janae. So when we go into the photo shoot, I'm going to say, okay, what type of topics does she talk about on her podcast? Does she have apparel or merch? Buy that merch, buy that apparel. We can incorporate during the photo shoot. When you go to post it on social media, tag her in it according to her schedule. If you know she has clients until five o'clock-ish every day, wait until she's going to be online scrolling. Post it according to her schedule. Tag her. Use her hashtags. Don't use whatever hashtag you want to use. Use her personal hashtags. And that's all something that we will incorporate before I even pick up the camera. Like, I want to know about who you, the big brands you want to work with. I want to know about your peers you might want to work with. I want to know about the idea that maybe one day, because we're going to manifest it all. And then you'll be able to come back to these pictures and be like, yo, this is what we said. They're actually here. And that's what, that's what bugs me out because it, it happens. And, and I got to the point where I started recording. So I had video proof. Like, this is what she said when we had the photo shoot. And now to be holding this magazine or now to say, to click this link and read this um, article. I, I just think that is so dope. You know, what's interesting is I, I have, so if anybody has ever seen Tora's work on like her social media pages, I like to think of her as like a, a visual storyteller, but after you have just described mindset, I don't even think that that is a sufficient title. Like, so there's something to like telling a story with pictures, but then there's something to like, almost like a composer, like you're a composer in some ways. And so how did you, or, or did you always start start your photography with having that, I need to make sure that mindset is important or is that something that's evolved over time in your photography. Like I'm gonna make sure that these things get the space that they need. So this person is is relaxed, that they're present with me, that they're focused, that their anxieties are attended to. How did you how did you know to do that? Like how where did that come from? I am a very, very selfish artist. <laughs> and I, I I tell people that all the time. Like my art is about me. It's not about you. Every picture I have ever taken has been a reflection of myself. My client work is it, I, that's what that's what I'm just like. I'm I'm so selfish because <clears throat> I know how I struggled, and I know what I needed, and I know I can tell. You know, I'm an anxious person. I, you know, I have PTSD, so I understand what it is to have a trigger. I understand what it is to be experienced a trigger. I understand what it is to need to do a grounding technique in the middle of a photo shoot and there's 30 something people looking at you. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing is I understand. Um, and I'm, I love to learn. Like I am, that's why I call myself photo geek. Like 
I love photography, but first and foremost, I am a geek. I learn. I love to learn. Learning is. I, I I don't know. I just think it's so cool, especially to figure out how the mind works. And it's, you know, as I go through my personal journey, I'm able to, you know, it, it's kind of like build a stepping stone for myself. And as I grow and evolve and I learn things, I'm able to teach people. And I, of course, I want to teach my clients. I run my business to where I'm very selective of who I work with. Like for me to work with you, not only do I have to genuinely like you as a person, I have to love your business. I have to love your mission. I have to love your values. And that didn't, all of this didn't come because one day I woke up and thought it was a good idea. It was through a lot of trial and error. It was through working with people I didn't want to work with. It was through, um, you know, working with people that did me wrong. It was through different things like going and, and having bad pictures printed in a yearbook or printed in a publication to where, you know, it's, it's just there. So I, I can honestly say it's, it was through a lot of trial and error. It was through learning um, how my mind works and manifesting and visualizing and, you know, creating this life that I wanted to live and watching people do that it's a, I, I feel like it's kind of addicting like manifesting little things and manifesting things within your your life is one thing but for you to sit and help someone manifest and visualize their dream life and manifest and visualize and create the visuals for their dream business and you watch people change to become their authentic self not change should become like what other people expect them to be or wear what other people expect for them to wear, but for them to genuinely be themselves um, and, and for it to be so public. For a long time, I ran my business and I still, you know, I, I still do. Like, I don't really put a lot of my clients on my personal I can't really say personal on my Instagram, you know, even on my website for the most part, when people hire me and, you know, I send them their welcome packet and they see a lot of the pictures. They're like, why, why are you not sharing these on your website? Um, but I feel like, you know, I just work with dope people. So when I create these dope visuals and we have these ideas and we brainstorm these things and then, we create the visuals that we had in our mind. We put them online and then they resonate with people and things happen. Businesses start. Um, it's, I, I, it's just so beautiful. I can't even describe how dope it is. But once you see that happen again and again and again and again and again and to watch this happen with these dope black people, that's the thing. It's like... These are some dope black people where I'm like, yo, everybody needs to look at this person. This is how I feel. So then when everyone starts, when they start getting the credit that they deserve, it's, it's just so beautiful. That's so long story short, because I'm, I'm a selfish artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, we benefit from that. So I appreciate that. <laughs> So you mentioned as part of your journey that you have been 
that you've been diagnosed with PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder. Because you're not the only entrepreneur that that has that diagnosis. And so, like, I think about entrepreneurship as, like, a baby that, that almost, like, never grows up. Like, it might learn how to walk, but it'll never, like, graduate and go to college. Like, it, it's something that always needs your, like, time and attention. And so when we are dealing with, when we're dealing with whatever, mental health issues, when we're dealing with medical issues, those are things that also need our time and attention. And so for you, how do you balance running a business, managing your mental health disorder, um, all the other hats that you play? Um, how, do you, how do you manage all those things? I don't. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I make it look good while I don't. Um, not seriously. I like really. I don't. Um, you know, even so, sometimes you need to take a break. You know, I say to people all the time, like if I didn't, if my business wasn't social media, I probably wouldn't be on social media. I feel like I'm in a place where I'm kind of forced to be on social media, so I'm going to make the best of it. Um, I follow and surround myself with a community of people who inspire me, who make me laugh. You know, I don't want to go on social media to be angry all the time. Um, I learn in no different ways to redirect my rage and anger um because i feel like there are a lot not i feel like i know that there are a lot of creatives that are just struggling right now because one their plans have changed i don't think anybody put this on their their vision board i don't think anybody had any of this on their goals list in january so um there are people who are quitting you know for me i feel like we need to pivot um so yeah I, i feel like I've been putting a lot of work, I've been putting a lot of energy into writing. Again, I used to always say, oh, I'm not good with words. And it wasn't that I wasn't good with words, I was just better with visuals. So now I'm taking the time to put the words to the visuals and I feel it just brings everything to a completely different level. So, Right now, I'm balancing through self-care, through grounding, you know, going outside and doing yoga and taking my shoes off. Me, like, three years ago, like, oh, you're going to go take your shoes off. I'm just like, yo, like, what you mean you're taking your shoes off outside in the park, you know? And, you know, there's different things I had to, you know, just with the mindset stuff, like, stop speaking so negatively about things that I looked at a certain way to understand that that's gonna help me. So exercising, reading, writing, eating. I love food, I love food. I'm, you know, becoming more present in the process of, of cooking the foods, you know, um, spending more time with my family. I don't think there really is a balance. I feel like I can take good pictures so I can pretend, you know, I can pretend really good i can pretend so good you know i created a, this whole brand tour carter and people believed it and i was shocked like 
wait a minute, why do people think I'm this outgoing, energetic, fun person? And it's like, yo, that's what you're putting on Instagram. So when people <laughs> meet you and you're this awkward, shy person who's comfortable in those quiet, awkward moments. They're just like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And it's just like, yo, that I just... I made that up because I wanted some more followers on Instagram. Like <laughs> I was just playing for the algorithm. <laughs> but I think once you once you really understand, there's no such thing as balance. That's what f me up a lot is is trying to be like, oh well, she has it all balanced, and you know, and she has kids, and she's running a business, so and he's doing this, and he just made six figures last week. So now, nah, once you you'll develop balance when you. Stop looking at everybody's stuff. Stop comparing yourself to everybody and realize there's no such thing as balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bring up an excellent point. I think um, whatever we are seeing from another person's perspective, there are other things that they had to sacrifice in order to for that thing to get that much energy. Um, and you're right. That's something that we don't highlight, uh, especially as business owner. We try to show our successes um, as much as possible, our wins, um, and not the uncomfortable stuff uh, that we have to kind of go through. Mm -hmm. So I skipped ahead. I wanted to, um, so for those people who might not be familiar with post-traumatic stress disorder, how does that, when did you get diagnosed with that? And then how does that look like, how does that look for you? How does it present itself for you? So I got diagnosed when I was five months pregnant with my son in 2009. I just knew mentally I was different from everybody else. I knew that for a long time, but I felt like when I was pregnant, I needed to take the steps to understand exactly why I was different and to, to not be afraid of, of being called crazy because I would need to go to the therapist. Um, so I went. You know, they do the little questionnaire um, and she just told me it, it was it was overwhelming. Like I had my first like once I had the diagnosis appointment, I don't I don't think I went back for maybe like three, three and a half weeks just because it was just overwhelming. Like I wasn't coming here for you to tell me I was crazy. Like <laughs> that wasn't my that was my mindset. And so for when, you know, for her to be like you have post-traumatic stress disorder it things finally made sense you know i am very anxious you know i grew up in an extremely abusive household it was a very toxic environment that i would never wish on anyone and from just getting hit all the time the physical the mental abuse I, my brain doesn't work like everybody else's brain. You know, I always tell people, once, once you get to know me, I, you will, I will easily let you know, like, you know, I have hood tendencies. That's my nice way of, of putting it. Um, but it, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I might beat your ass. I'm, I'm not planning to. <laughs> I would never have that intention to. Yeah. But I know, now I know you know, what my limits are. Like, I don't round myself around people who might hit me because I might hit you back. Like, you know, people who think that stuff is normal, 
Like that's, I had to learn that. Like I thought, you know, where I'm from, people fight all the time and, you know, that's just how things were. And, you know, getting diagnosed, it made understand, you know, I don't like people running up behind me on sidewalks. Like I'm very aware of my surroundings, you know? So if you're running behind me, I'm going to turn around and look like I don't do that whole just running up behind me. And that is like, PTSD from you know somebody attempting to rob me one time and at that moment it was like I heard his footsteps running behind me and it was like is this dude running but I was so nervous to turn around and look to like I, I just was nervous to turn around and look at him uh-huh. so now it's like I I'm very aware of my surroundings I am very anxious and loud in large crowds. So my camera is my security blanket. If you have ever seen me at an event without a camera, I, I could, I probably did that in the last 13 years of my career. I could count on one hand how many times I went somewhere without a camera. My camera allows me to disassociate and focus on just that one picture or that one shot that I need as opposed to realizing I'm standing in front of like 3,000 people, Uh pictures. I could be in an event and if I need a shot, I'm going to get the shot. If I need to stand on a chair, if I need to crawl on the floor Uh to the front of the room, so I'm not going to be, I will do that. But I, I could not fathom doing that without it like if somebody just said walk across the room i'll be so nervous like oh my goodness people are gonna look at me you know da, 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 da. but if i have my camera i'll do whatever i need to do to get the shot like i literally created an entire career about just trying to help me deal with my triggers my career blossomed from me doing all of the things i was afraid to do you know i'm afraid to be on sidewalks so i'm gonna go stand on the sidewalk and talk to strangers and ask them to take pictures where I'm dealing with being on a sidewalk, loud noises, talking to strangers, dealing with rejection because everybody do not want you to take their picture when you ask. Right. Um, it's, you know, all those little things. And the biggest thing was just acknowledging mental illness. Like people don't want to say that word. Like I honestly didn't didn't want to say it you know when we talked about this the topics for this podcast I didn't want to put this up there and I felt like I had to put it up there because I was so adamant like this is not how I want people to be introduced to me and it was like well maybe this is how somebody needs to be introduced to you like, do you know how much this would have changed your life if somebody talked about this 13 years ago like, so, you know, I, I put it on there as one of the speaking topics. I reluctantly put it up there. When you chose it, I told you, like, yo, why'd you pick this one? Like, <laughs> but I, I know, like, this is bigger than me, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you're... And we talked about like doing the work, right? So you are you are doing this work um, in terms of like 
my camera uh, kind of takes away my vulnerability and I'm able to, to make those crazy steps and address my triggers and use my coping resources when I'm feeling um, agitated or, or activated in some way. And so, you know, one of the things that we also talked about before, even earlier today, before I press record, is that, you know, one of my goals is to get Black entrepreneurs to slow down. And so while there might be somebody who has a, a, a mental illness or, you know, in a formal diagnosis, there might be people who are just kind of struggling um, and they haven't reached out. Um, and so what sort of things have you, so have you been a part, I, I know the answer to this, but I want you to talk about, <laughs> I want you to talk about it. Have you, so once you got the diagnosis, have you participated in counseling or what sort of things have you done in terms of your treatment? for the, the PTSD? Yeah, so I am a big advocate for therapy. I think everybody needs to go to therapy at some point in their life. <clears throat> I feel like if you're struggling with the thought of going to therapy, you just have to change your perspective and you have to look at it in the aspect of I am finding a safe space where I can communicate and I can be heard and I can be helped. Because I didn't think about it that way. For me, growing up, therapy was like, oh, you go to therapy when you're crazy. And it's like, and even when, like, when I first started going to therapy, I, I remember one of my best friends called and he was like, he, you know, he had asked or something like where I was. And I was so embarrassed to say, Dimmick Street because then he knew I was next to the clinic and then he was gonna ask why I was at the clinic and then I don't have to say I went to therapy. So I like what I still did because I don't you know I don't lie to my peoples. So I said that and then I I said oh I went to anger management and he was so confused like what you go to anger management for and I just I didn't want to talk about it like, I think it was years um you know before I. I know it was years. I didn't talk about it maybe until the last few years on social media. And it wasn't a, oh, I want to talk about this. It was just like, I'm so sick of y'all. <laughs> I'm so sick of social media. I'm so sick of everybody pretending. I'm so sick of y'all believing this shit that I'm putting up. Like, I'm just trying to put cool pictures to, you know, get more followers and for the algorithm and... You know, when people started to believe this personality I created, that that was really hard. Um, so I've been going to, I've been to three different therapists in three different states. Um, my first got diagnosed in Boston. I'm from Boston. And then, um, you know, I worked with that therapist for maybe like a year and a half. Then I went to Georgia. I've lived in Georgia for a while. And... I went to therapy right before I moved to Virginia. So as I was, you know, leaving Georgia and it wasn't because I, I knew I needed help. I knew I needed help. My first therapist, she was a great doctor. You know, she was a white woman and she taught me to choose the other sidewalk. You know, when you're having something and it's a trigger, you know, in a nutshell for me pretty much it was like do everything you can to do in life to avoid those triggers mm. and then I found another therapist in Georgia and I, for me I just felt like I wanted to 
experiences with a black woman, mm-hmm. someone who understood me, who looked like me, who understood my hair and my culture. And, you know, I found this really dope therapist. Um, and I worked with her for about a year. And for her, for her, the big thing was she was like, I'm not going to teach you how to choose another sidewalk. You're going to stay on that sidewalk and somebody's going to step on your shoes and you're going to know how to deal with it. Like you're not going to run around avoiding all this stuff. You need to learn how to deal with it and work through your emotions and understand and handle life. Um, And that was life changing to have a therapist who understood my culture, who understood um, just everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to explain myself. That made a huge difference. And, you know, I worked with her up until we moved to Virginia. And, you know, we live in Virginia Beach now. And it's all right. Virginia Beach is all right. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of stuff that happened just work-wise. You know, I came here in this state where I'm flourishing as an artist. You know, I'm being published. I have lots of clients. Um, I'm making a lot of money and I wasn't happy. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm not happy. Well, make me happy. More money. It's double my rate. So let's make this a more premium luxury experience. Let's do this. And it hit me one day when someone booked a photo shoot. It's, it's those moments when you send out an invoice and you get a, a paid a paid uh, notification in like 60 seconds, you're like, okay, okay, you know, um, that feeling. Right. Um, I sent the invoice and I wanted, you know, just a 50% deposit. She paid the whole 1500 and I was not happy. Mm. And I was like, how, like, you're about to make $1,500 for a four hour portrait session and you're sad Mm. and then it was like okay well let me find like our dream dream house or dream like I I found and checked everything off the list and I still wasn't happy and you know I found a therapist and um I I just I want to bear off for a second and just talk about the process of finding a therapist um I want to publicly you know, say this and let everybody know how important everything that you're doing is. Um, You know, I've said it to you multiple times, but you are the reason I have the therapist that I have. You set the foundation for allowing me to be okay with saying, I want to find an educated, strong Black woman as my therapist. Mm -hmm. Seeing you, seeing your website, and this is why I say it's I say it to everybody, like, she would be my therapist if she took TRICARE. <laughs> because, you know, if you took my insurance, I would have definitely immediately booked with you. And, um, you know, it was like I knew, I knew I needed more than 12 sessions. So I couldn't do that little free little... I know I needed more than the 12 <laughs> sessions. Um but you set the foundation for me to find the therapist that I do have and to let me see I'm not expecting too much. I'm not asking for too much. And it's okay for me to want these things. 
Um, I'm like, now, now we're going to veer back on the road. <laughs> um, so my current ther therapist, I've been working with Dr. Gaines for um, April, made it two years. I've been seeing her every week and um, it's been amazing. It's helped me. It, never mind my personal life but just in my business because I couldn't I was gonna quit I was just like yo I think I think since I'm not happy that means I shouldn't be taking pictures anymore mm. when in reality it meant if I'm not happy I need to go back to the foundation and figure out like is this aligned with my values is this aligned with the mission that I have for my life is this aligned with the mission that I have for my company and I realized, like, I was I wasn't happy because these were these were not things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, people were paying me, and they were booking me for you know these things that they were doing, but they didn't resonate with me personally, or with my vision, or with my mission. And that's where that little bit of unhappiness came that's why now i can say i work with only people that i genuinely care about because at one point i worked with whoever paid the you know whoever paid first when i said i had this many slots whoever went and clicked the little calendar date button and put the deposit first that's who i worked with and now it's so much more than that like i want to know who you are as a person if i don't personally know you i want to get to know you i want to know you know everything that you're you're doing and you know i ran my business very passive you know i wasn't a wedding photographer i wasn't a baby shower photographer but i did whatever my clients needed if you and that's kind of how it started you book me because you need pictures for your social media and then you know you have you have this event and you have me for this event and then you get engaged and you want me to do your engagement pictures and then you want me to do your wedding and then the baby shower and then the baby pictures and the family portraits and i did that right i did that for over a decade and then i realized one day sitting at so-and-so's mother-in-law sister's cousin's <laughs> baby shower when i was taking the pictures like i don't even know these people like why are you here like because you because you were too afraid to say no like you was too afraid to hurt someone's feelings by saying no. So now you're sitting in this room with these people you don't know, trying to be happy. And, you know, I did what I had to do, but, you know, it's through learning, you know, like I literally had a whole business based on being passive. I was so afraid to say, no, I don't want to do this. Oh, can you do this? Oh, I need this flat lay for this. Oh, I need this for this brand. Oh, I need this. Oh, can you fly here? Like, Mm -hmm. I created a business where I could work for myself and I was just working for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So over the last two years, I've done a lot of mindset work, mm -hmm. a lot of establishing boundaries, mm -hmm. a lot of resting and slowing down. Like I'm still, I have to work hard every day to tell myself it's okay to sit down. It's okay to rest. It's okay to have nothing to do because I wasn't raised that way. You mm -hmm. know, the, the, the system messes up us, you know, high achieving, advanced placement students, you know, are like, yes, I 
get good grades. I'm in all these classes. Yay. You know, go to college. Yay, good grades. And then the real door hits you and it's like, you need to learn internal validation. So like the past year, like my internal um, me loving myself has grown so much that I don't even have time in my life for people who take away from my peace. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I can't even, I, I can't even make time to be aggravated with your drama. I can't take the time to take on your drama. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I was raised. I didn't even know you could do that. Right. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. So, um, I, I repeat, therapy is very important. <laughs> I literally go to therapy so I can unlearn almost everything that I learned um, because you don't know it's the wrong thing until you learn the right thing. And then you have to go through the guilt and the shame of realizing, like, I was doing this wrong for 20 something years. Right, right, right. Right. And you need help with that. Like, there's no way I could have done this on my own. Like, there's a picture, there's a meme in it, somebody at the therapist, and then the lady's brain, it's three different balls of yarn all tangled together. And then on the therapist, it was like untangled Mm -hmm. balls of yarn. And that's really what therapy is. Therapy is a safe space where you can express your feelings mm-hmm. on situations that happen where you can really like learn what your story is, how to tell your story, how to change your story, you know, how to unlearn everything you didn't know what was wrong and, right. and kind of just learn the rules. So when you break them, you can break them with intention, not just break them because you didn't know. Like, and, and it, I'm like, I don't, I'm like, we got this far in the conversation. I don't want to bring it back to this analogy, but you know, if I punch you in the face now, it's because I wanted to punch you in the face. It's not because I lost control and right. had this rage and didn't know how to handle the situation. It's because I put a lot of thought and thought about, <laughs> do I have bail money? Is there someone that can come pick me up? Right, Is this right. worth catching the case? Right. Before that wasn't, that, that wasn't... I wouldn't stop and think of all of this right. in the moment. So that's the biggest thing for me through through therapy. I've learned to work through childhood trauma mm-hmm. that we weren't even allowed to talk about in our household. Mm. I've been able to address pain and shame that I wasn't even allowed to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been able to learn to love myself and learn what my values are not what was instilled in me but what are my actual values absolutely but i i don't even know who or where i would be without therapy and i didn't for so long i did not want to talk about this i don't want to talk about you know mindset like i was even telling my friend um taylor andre last week um, when she was here and I was like, yo, I'm so nervous to talk about mental illness. I told her the title of the show. And she's like, you should change it to mental health. And I was like, I don't want to. And mm-hmm. she was like, but people might feel uncomfortable if you say mental illness. And I was like, I want them to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel uncomfortable because it, it took, it took a long time for me to get to this point to even talk about this. And I don't want them to feel like, 
oh, this is going to be this. Oh, comfortable, easy thing. It's going to be hard. That's why my slogan is dream big, stay inspired, and do the work. Because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Like, you have to dream bigger than what you, where you were. Like, if I, if I dreamed of, if my dreams were limited to where I was, like, I would probably have a big, huge apartment in the hood somewhere and be living ghetto fabulous because mm-hmm. that's what everybody else aspired to. But I wanted to travel the world and I wanted to do all these things. And in the, the time frame, like everybody looked at me like I was crazy, but I, I still had those dreams and now I'm doing those things. Yeah. You know, you have to stay inspired because this is hard. You have to inspire yourself every day. You have to find artists. You have to find art. You have to find God. You have to find whatever is going to inspire you to get to the next level. And then you got to do the work. Yeah. And that's, that's the hardest part. That's the worst part about it is doing the work. That's why I, I literally made my T-shirts that say do the work because it's hard to be like, I don't feel like doing the work when it says do the work across your chest. Right. And that ha- has happened to me so many times where I thought like, I don't, I don't want to do the work. And it's okay. Like, just stay where you are. Just sit down. Don't move forever. And, and you're good. But if you want to go anywhere in life, you have to do the work. If you, if you're at a point in, in with your business where you're really like not satisfied, you have to do the work to figure out why. You have mm-hmm. to fi- do the work to figure out what brings you joy, and then not be un- be unapologetic about what it is. Like mm-hmm. for me, I was really embarrassed. Like my therapist is like, you know, what brings you joy, and I didn't want to say because I'm like, first I didn't know. Mm. I had to figure it out because mm-hmm. it was like work, money, hustle, team no sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and so, those, those know, are and, such dangerous messages. Those are so dangerous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. like for me, you know, the things that bring me joy, like, you know, pre-COVID, pre-COVID it was traveling, going out to eat. You know, now with COVID, we had to pivot again. So it's like, cooking at home, mm-hmm. roller skating, mm-hmm. you know, going to the park, being with my family, but happiness is not a place. It's not a destination. Mm-hmm. It's not a clothing item. It's not a bag, a purse, right. you know, a car, but it's happiness is all of those little things that you did that made you happy throughout the day. Absolutely. And I didn't know that. Uh, maybe other people, their mom told them that or their grandparents, but I didn't know that. I learned that from going to therapy and talking about stuff and just learning, literally just unlearning and then relearning over and over and over. Yeah. So, so Tori, you said that, um, you know, this is something that you know, you've been really hesitant to talk about and trying to figure out how to get the message across. And my hope is that every person that has heard you and that will continue to hear this, because that's the beauty of podcasts, is that you can, somebody can hear this a year from now, that you have laid down such like the blueprint as to how, <laughs> how to integrate um, wanting better for yourself, how to manage a mental illness and 
have a life that looks close to what you want, right? That, you know, in terms of like, how do I integrate happiness? Um, I think a lot of us, especially business owners, kind of equate happiness to, you know, I'm not in the red this quarter. I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the black. Or I was able to get an interview or my picture was such and such. Um, like we use those external markers to, um, you know, be happy. Um, or even the money, like, you, you know, in terms of like my bank account looks a certain way. And so I think you're right that it's those intrinsic pieces that we really need to evaluate. Um, and some of that is tied into things that we've been walking around with as children, you know, we're just grown children um, with those same wounds that we're walking around with. And therapy is the place for that. And I think you have beautifully like described that. And in way, again, I told you before we started, like you're gonna say things in ways that I know people are gonna hear that I've been trying to say. <laughs> and so I appreciate the way in which you like painted those pictures. Um, so if there is somebody who, let's say, um, because I'm hearing less from folks that they are not that they have, a, they feel a way about therapy, right? But more like, I'm kind of interested. I've heard about therapy. Y'all keep talking about it. I'm kind of interested. Like what, what sort of words of wisdom might you give them? So there's an entrepreneur out there who knows that they could use some support. It's kind of thinking about therapy. What sort of gems would you give that person? I think first and foremost, they should be following you on social media. They should be seeing your Instagram posts. Um, but I think the first set is to surround yourself with a positive community who can influence you in a positive way. And that might not be the people around you. It's mm. most likely not going to be the people around you. Mm. Um find people on social media, find communities, because the, the thing is about your community is so unique because for me, it was like, these are my people. <laughs> like first and foremost, y'all are black people mm -hmm. minding <laughs> your black business. And then you guys want to talk about the mindset portion of it. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost is find the community. It's out there. Like you are not the only person in the world feeling these things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have to, to say stuff because yes, I'm not the only black female photographer speaking about this topic, but there needs to be more black female photographers for speaking on this topic there needs to be more people who go to therapy every week and i you know i talk i see dr Gaines every week and i told her i was so afraid because i wanted to do i'm going to do a blog post that's titled how i found um my black female therapist where of course i'm going to talk about you and it because i have to tell them the foundation to the road of who set the standards for me even feeling like it's okay for me to say I can find a black female therapist. Um, but, you know, I told my, ther my therapist I was afraid to say her name, to tell people who she was, 
and to do a Google review mm -hmm. of her business. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, well, on Google, people will say my name and people will know that I go to therapy. And, and then she's like, well, what's wrong with that? And I'm like, well, you know, I tried to have some excuse. Well, if I tell everybody I go see Dr. Gaines and everybody's going to book an appointment <laughs> and I won't be able to have no slot. You know, she had to right, be like, right. yo, you have your appointments, right? you're locked in, you're locked in. you know, yep. you don't have to worry about that. So, right. Right. you know, you, you have to talk about it. If you're afraid to talk about it, you have to think about it. If you're afraid to think about it, surround yourself with people, videos, books, where they're talking about it those things get audiobooks audiobooks are good mm -hmm. um and just learn i feel like it's scary because you don't know mm -hmm. it's scary because somebody told you something to make it scary you didn't just wake up and be like oh this is something scary but you you might not remember it right now but your brain is remembering when your mom said that crazy lady up the street that goes to therapy when you was five years old. So now you don't want to talk to a therapist and you're scared to ask your mom because you remembered when she talked about the crazy lady who went to therapy. So it's like, right. you have to know that even those negative thoughts are negative thoughts for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, figure out why you're having those negative thoughts. And this is what it is. You're not going to be able to do all this stuff. I'm telling you, that's why you just <laughs> might as well go on ahead and call a therapist. <laughs> because even the and 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 like I don't want people to think, oh, you go to therapy and you have to go every week for the rest of your life. That's not how therapy is for everybody. For me, something happened every week that I need to talk about. So for me, it's just <laughs> I'm gonna go every week. Yeah, you know. But for other people, they don't need every week. Some sometimes some people just need to talk to someone mm -hmm. to be understood some people never have a safe space right. to talk about their feelings right. and i think if we remove the the hollywood theatrics and everything mm. about therapy and mental illness and this movie said this is what it looks like and think about it as this is what's going to get you to the next level of whatever you want of your life of your career like this is the key and so many people are not at the next level because they don't want to take the key i'm i'm trying i'm trying to hold the door open for you but i can't you need your own key i could stand here and wait for you mm -hmm. to come but this is the key that you need to get to the next level so you can sit here and pout and cry and say what was me nothing is working what am i supposed to do next i copied exactly what that person did and it didn't work for me that's not going to so right. <laughs> just go in and find your therapist right. book your appointment and right. take it from there i appreciate that I, I think there are a lot of people out there that needed to hear that so I could I could ask you fifty more questions, but I'm not going to do that. But um, one because I have access to you, and we could be talking all day, and, and we will. <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be selfish in that way. Um, but uh, before we end, I gotta ask you: What does my did my black business mean to you? Who minding my black 
business mm -hmm. is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Minded by black business is self-care, drinking your water, and literally minding your business. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so important for black entrepreneurs to have a space where we can be ourselves, mm -hmm. where we can talk about our problems, where we can share our success stories and know that we are surrounded with like-minded people. So you are the epitome of mine and my black business. I'm so thankful to you to even give me the words to say, I am minding my black business. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I think, I mean, so people will have your your social media handles, and they will they will understand all the things that I'm saying about you when they when they see you and your work um, displayed to the world. But thank you. I mean, I think you I, not I think I know that you have shared some things today that are really going to have some people thinking um, and evaluating the ways that they that they go about their life, and that's huge. That's huge. So thank you. Thank you for minding your black business. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for agreeing to be on the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, family. We appreciate you listening. We need you to do us a favor. We need you to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, Join us in following the movement on our website at mindingmyblackbusiness.com. There you can find our Minding My Black Business merchandise and you can also find our digital academy. Now our academy is the place where we are looking to expand our resources, particularly emotional wellness resources for black entrepreneurs. And we already have worksheets there and we have more resources to come. You can follow us on our social media platforms. On Twitter, we are Minding My Black Biz. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. And on Facebook, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. So peace and blessings to us all. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, don't forget to tell them, I'm Minding My Black Business.